We have clapped. Clip, clap. Sounds good to me. The clappities. Hello, and welcome to Journey Through the DecaCast, a Camerata retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. And this week, we watched episodes 7 and 8 of Kamen Rider Ryuki, which is... And we're all here this time. Yeah, and we're all here this time. How was is, how is being eaten, eaten, Chris? Uh, it was fine. I got better. Okay. That's cool. Um... <laughs> So I these... have. I am, however, extremely tired because I think I've lost two days this week to Crusader Kings Two. So you know, watch out for that. It's a uh, it's a heck of a time sink, that's for sure. So the titles of these episodes are "A New Species Is Born?" question mark, um, or or and in this case, the fourth Zolda. Um, what, what is the new species supposed to be? It's oh, a different it's... type of mirror monster, or oh, okay. it's the it golden is? crawfish. Uh, yeah. I oh, I was yeah. Talking okay. about the guy. Yeah, the crawfish would make sense. The guy scamming uh, new, unique animals. Well, so like the new, uh, the the monster for this week though, like he killed people in a different way, where like he segmented their reflection in the mirror. Yeah, then like absorbed them or something, or erased them from reality. It was kind of crazy. The yeah, he's like a the monster is like a zebra monster. There's a two of them, I think we see. There are and two of them. They're pretty cool. I like the design a lot. And then they died. <laughs> I mean, most of these episodes just start with a recap from the end of the previous episode. So the one this time was. As of yet, unnamed Zolda fighting a mirror monster that then gets away. And then we get to see yet-to-be-named Koro, Goro, sorry, walking down a road, whistling poorly, and tapping the railing and being startled by a piece of paper in the wind. I see, guess, I, cannot... I, I don't know, maybe they were trying to fake us out to think he was the writer? I think that was supposed to be like a fake out for that. And his whistling sucks and he needs to stop. He seems like a nice guy. He's he. I'm sure he's perfectly nice, but his whistling is—it's so bad. Look, some it's, people have trouble whistling, Evan. No, I just mm. don't do it. Then stop yeah, being whistlest. Do <laughs> Ugh. I don't know why it's frustrating. It's just frustrating. It's like he's just sitting there going. <sighs> You're not whistling, you're just blowing air. Maybe that's what he wanted to do. I guess. So, so is this guy going to, like, come back or not? I I was, was, like... Back in the next episode. Right. I mean, briefly. But, like, he's he just doesn't seem that relevant to the story so far. He works for the lawyer guy. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Did where I miss it's that? Like, <laughs> Maybe I missed yeah, no, that. Yeah, no, he works for the lawyer guy. Yeah, he made him breakfast and brought him the phone? He's being portrayed as like, this is an important character. Yeah, they, they gave him a bunch of setup shots. Like, he's this is an extremely cool dude. Maybe he will be. Uh, possibly, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it, maybe they were trying to fake us out on him being Zolda. I I just naturally assumed it was the lawyer when we meet him. I guess. Right. So wait, you 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 like these episodes, right, Evan? Yeah. No, I liked them a lot. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty fun. Okay. I just had to double check because they're they're both written by new anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to keep trolling Evan like that every time? Um, wait, has he just, like, written, like, all these episodes so far? Oh, no. He's written, like, the last, like, three or four. Uh... But, yes, I am going to continue to keep trolling Evan. <laughs> eh, it'll happen. Huh, that's surprising. Yeah, because, like, th these are solid. I like these. Um, anyway, Thanks. um... Shinji is then shown doing his job, question mark, 
um, working on an article about how to effectively put out fire, and then the office catches on fire. But wait, it was a dream. He's in like a laboratory or something. Which no, it's like I a was... coffee percolator. What? This... Oh, I thought I... at least. I thought it was like a. I, I definitely read it as like a, like a Bunsen burner under a flask. Doing oh. some sort of reduction, but I, I guess maybe I I don't drink coffee, so yeah. <laughs> no, I've I've seen that style of like coffee maker before in other common writers. I think. Oh okay. Hey, I, this is just my lack of experience. Like on that I one. I v- I vaguely remember seeing something like that in Kuga. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's a fancy coffee thing. Yeah, yeah at it's... first I'm like, uh, Shenji, um, are, are you gonna do anything about that? <laughs> and then the entire room starts catching on fire and he doesn't notice. I'm like, uh, buddy? I, I don't there? know if you, you gonna... knew, but, uh, the whole room's on fire. He does notice, and he freaks out, and then he wakes up, and seeing that there's no fire anywhere proceeds to pick up the fire extinguisher and hose down the entire room. Right. Well, yep. they, they don't really indicate it's a dream at first. And he, like, goes to pick up a magazine and starts, like, batting at it. And I'm like, man, you are going to die. Like, you are literally going to die. <laughs> but, uh, no. Then it is revealed to be a dream sequence. And, uh, yeah. He, he apparently was so deep in the dream that it stayed with him through him getting up, getting a fire extinguisher, and spraying it all over the equipment in the office. Yep. And then everybody comes in and is like, God damn it, Shinji. <gasps> it is yeah. kind of amazing how he's not fired. <laughs> yeah, they must like... really like him. I mean, he must be really good friends with the chief. <laughs> um. So then... I-, I think it's really funny how that when they... Like, after he, after he, like, sprays the fire extinguisher, it cuts to the next morning, and it's just, like, a static shot of the door as the chief walks in, freaks out, and then it just immediately cuts from the chief to the, the computer lady walking in, and then to, uh, the journalist walking in. There, it's good comedy there... direction, I'm like, man, this is, it is. so weird to see, like, such, such fun comedy in the common writer show after that slog of the like uh getting through kiva yep yeah it's good bits there's lots of good bits in these episodes like the comedy is pretty on point or just like a lot of the cuts have been on point too yeah yeah it's good editing good uh good camera work it's uh uh, i don't know it is kind of weird just because um like, the show's got a very lighthearted tone in a lot of ways, considering it's, like, about a, mur- a game where people murder each other. Yeah, it, it a does murder a game, if you job. will? Danganronpa. Um, uh, I've also been playing Danganronpa 2 with Rachel, so maybe... It, it, the, the, <laughs> maybe the that terminology is just in my head. The show does a very good job of swapping between, haha, lighthearted, silly... Oh, look at Shinji being a silly boy, and oh, people are being murdered, gotta do actual common Rider work. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with that. I think just, like, because, like, it doesn't, like, play any, like, outside of what you would expect for the character to do. Like, it all, it all, like, internally makes sense within, like, the rules of, like, the character in the world and stuff where they can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. There's yeah, not, like, this like, stretch where it's like, this doesn't make sense for Shinji to be like this. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the writer has felt the need to put their thumb on the scales just yet. No, not really. Works out quite well. Yeah, I mean, or maybe they won't need to. I mean, technically kids show, so maybe they're keeping that in mind. Yeah, I mean, the setup seems like it would allow for enough action through the rest of the show so i don't don't know i feel like these two episodes in particular have been like really light in like the suit stuff yeah yeah they kind of were uh i mean we don't uh they don't kill common rider zolda at the end of the second one like so he's around for one more episode than scissors was at least that's true he has lasted a hundred percent more than scissors so far 
I like his design better. Uh, he has one of the coolest guy. designs. Robot. I like Robot. Yeah, Robo Bowl. They got like the gears in his head with like the light thing. <laughs> they they put like a tiny little like uh like bike chain on like these two gears that rotate around on his helmet that clearly don't do anything, but it looks very neat. It, it's target acquisition, obviously. <laughs> um, so the office then gets an email about a golden crawfish, and Shinji and Ryoko are sent out to go look at that. Where, you know, back in school, they called Shinji Shin something something good at the crawfish. So, so they say golden crawfish, and I'm like, um... Do, do you get five points in the Mario Party minigame for catching it, <laughs> unlike a regular crawfish? <laughs> uh, th- this must be like a thing in in like Japanese culture, or maybe it's one of those things they tell kids, because I know like bug hunting is a popular kid's activity, that like, oh, keep an eye out for the golden one. But you see it in tons of like uh, like games and stuff. So this must be one of those just like memes that's popular. That makes, sense. that makes sense. I feel like I never ran into this one as a kid in America here. Uh, did you guys? I mean, what, what is outside? <laughs> I I would occasionally go searching for cicadas, but it was just like I. They make noise, and it's fun to bug them into making noise. It's not I'm looking for any specific one. Right, right. Yeah, I don't I don't remember hearing rumors of golden bugs when I was a kid either. So. This might be one of those culturally Japanese things. He's more likely to win the minigame if he catches it, so go for it. Yeah, there you go. Um, And then we cut over to UA, who's getting the shop ready, and Ren shows up, and he's like, what's all this then? And she's like, well, my aunt's coming back. By the way, I need you to come with me to pick her up from the airport which I don't know how the logistics of this is going to work because you ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I added that last part. Maybe she just needs to get there in time and they're planning to take the train back. Yeah, I, I could see it as I don't have a way. She, I could see it as she's not like asking him, like, can you bring my aunt back? It's, I need a ride. I told my aunt I'd meet her there. I need a ride. Can you give me a ride? I guess and that then I makes could sense. help aunt with her... Uh, bags and such yeah and and this is apparently the ant that raised her after her parents died slash disappeared yeah that's the one so and she says like i'm excited to see her again but she is kind of exhausting i can definitely see that (laughs) yep what are you talking about she's never wrong evan her instincts are never wrong I mean, instincts are never wrong, but then she also does the thing of, hey, maybe we should not have these two guys fight in our restaurant. Oh, boys will be boys. No, shut up. Also, you need to get that dick, girl. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you gotta gotta get married. Gotta get yourself a man. Or else it'll be Christmas cake. Uh... Deep side, putting that on the back burner. Um, we then cut to a scene where Goro is watching TV about lawyer guy who got someone acquitted because that's his job. He's good at getting people who are guilty off the hook. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is one of those things I know because uh, a lawyer who gets people uh, like acquitted in Japan is a bigger deal than in America because they're conviction rate for crimes is like insanely high it's like 95 yeah. percent plus which is super bad but yeah I think it, <laughs> that's I, why yeah, like I think defense it, lawyers are notable characters whenever they show up and stuff i think it ties into like that culture the J- japanese cultural ideal of if you get accused of something of course you're guilty because why would someone accuse you if you weren't guilty yeah i mean it's definitely a thing in america too like when people oh, are is. accused of a crime, like, they're immediately, like, we have the presumption of innocence until you're proved guilty, but not really. Not in the court of public opinion. <laughs> like, 
you know, not if you're like a, because like a, a lot of job, like if uh, even if you're accused of a crime and never convicted of it, it'll still like you know hurt your ability to get a job and stuff. So that's very that's true. not great. Come. Yeah, defense defense lawyers are like yeah. That's one of the things that that's why like the Phoenix Wright is like such a goofy ass character because he's in like a weird profession. Gotcha. Um, so then at the airport, uh, Yui's aunt shows up and immediately hates Ren, which good for her. <laughs> he does seem intimidating. And Who's that frowning like asshole trouble. over there? And then Ren's just like, okay, okay, thanks, bye, and leaves. I do like how Ren immediately discounts her opinion. <laughs> I was like, eh, hey. I, uh, I had to double take when she says that Yui's only 13. I was like, what? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, that clearly was not the case. Yeah, I was like, no, that is not happening right now. <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, she she corrects that she is in fact nineteen. So thank God. I mean, it makes me feel old, regardless. Yeah, yeah, it does make me feel weird that I'm eleven years older than this character. Um, Shinji and Reiko do some do some crawfish stuff. Um, researching that crawfish. Uh, someone gets murdered. Um, Reiko's like, fuck this, Shinji, you do this, I'm leaving, and goes off to do something. So there's this weird thing around the, the guy who, like, finds the cryptid animals. Like, every time they establish his location, they show us that the there's, like, a factory nearby that creates this really thick smoke cloud. Yeah, this really good CG smoke. It, it, it looks, looks extremely... It looks like real bad air pollution. Or real bad CG. Yeah, I mean, later on they're going to be like, nope, the factory's actually okay. And I'm like, I don't know about that, guys. Eh? I don't know. Did, did, it, did it not strike you guys as, like, looking pretty bad, like, bad news? I mean, I've um, just, like, seen stuff like that, so I'm just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a... Out in Lawrence, west of me, there is a factory, like, not... The black smoke looks particularly bad, yes, because yeah. black smoke comes from burning either, like, wood or particularly bad shit. Right. But there is a factory out west in Lawrence that you can see most of the time that the smokestacks are just going all the time. Yeah, I've seen, like, denser smoke than that in in IRL, but, like, it's been, like, a different color. Yeah, it's it's usually thick white smoke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's still, that concerns me when I see it in reality too, though. Eh, everything's awful already. <laughs> so, um, I I don't know if either of you noticed, but this guy looks a lot like Gilbert Gottfried. I didn't, but now that you've said it, yeah, I can see it. W- look, uh, when, when they take the picture of him when he's smiling, he, lo- he, he he's looks... got exactly the Gilbert Gottfried expression. <laughs> He he is very much Japanese Gilbert Gottfried. That's fair. Um, Sh- Shinji totally buys into his story about finding like magical animals. By the way, well, yeah. not magical. Just he thinks they're mutated or whatever. Yeah, I mean, which whatever. I mean, technically, Reiko falls into it too. She seems a lot more skeptical. Mm, skeptical but still falling into the same idea I mean it takes a couple of them before she's like no Uh, no so then we cut to the lawyer's guy who like they say his name but I still don't think I can pronounce it Kitoka? Kita Oka Oka. he is met by some, some people who start chasing him but then he either steals the car or gets away in his own car. Unsure really which. <laughs> yeah, I, I assumed it was his own car at first, but we're going to see him just straight steal a car later on, so maybe this yeah. one isn't his either. Um, The cafe is now open, and Auntie is being sexist to UA because, oh, this is this is the, the tell that this is a, a fucking um, NUA episode, huh? 
<laughs> this makes sense now. Well, it doesn't seem like she's in the right, though, this time. Like, the show doesn't frame it like this is a reasonable thing for her aunt to be doing. Yeah, I mean, but this was earlier. This was earlier, Ryder. This is before, you know, he went crazy. Yeah, apparently. Um, and that happens, but Ant's like, gotta make money. Yeah, we do see other customers in the cafe for the first time. Yeah, the cafe seems to do well for itself, which is kind of weird. I could definitely see part of its charm being the fact of, oh, hey, the owner only comes back every once in a while, and when it's open, you better get in. Because that timed exclusivity thing is fairly big in Japanese advertisement. Mm, Yeah, limited time restaurant, that's a real interesting thing. I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, real estate works super differently in America, maybe, than it does in Japan. But that's, like, not not a thing here. (laughs) No, not in the least. that's true. So then Shinji's on his way back from the crawfish and nearly gets run over by um, Kitaoka with his driving. And then Shinji tries tries to stop him. And he's like, hey, you, you broke my goggles. What the hell, man? Give me some new goggles. And then he's like pushed off and runs away. And then the other people that are chasing him are like, oh, you're after him too? And then he gets their phone number. I initially assumed like, these hey. guys were more cops because we've like already interacted with the cops. I, I thought they were Yakuza. <laughs> I mean, they they might be. Like, it is implied to me that they definitely are. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you got our... They, they got... The person that they work for was one of Kitaoka's clients, who was very obviously guilty, but Kitaoka got him off and uh, set as free for, like, a money laundering scheme. Right. Fraud. And that is one of the things that, I, as far as I'm aware, Yakuza are big into the money laundering and fraud. Uh, they're not wearing pens and they don't bring any weapons. Yes. Uh, which, as but... from from playing Yakuza, I have been taught that that is what the Yakuza do. <laughs> but, counterpoint, I don't think they would make someone blatantly Yakuza in a kid's show. I guess that's true, actually. I hadn't considered that, but maybe that's like a like a bit of an iffy thing to put on TV. Yeah, I I think it's implied that they're Yakuza. Like, if you go and sit and think about it and go, okay, yeah, this person would did this, and he was very obviously, and he's got this group of suited guys that are going after the lawyer and are beating the shit out of him. Yeah, it sounds like organized crime, but they're not going to come out and explicitly say it because it's a kid's show. That's plausible. I'll allow it. Um. So then Shinji gets their no- number to call him again when, you know, if he sees them again. And then Shinji gets a call from his ESP boss who's like, you better not be getting into trouble. <laughs> Perfectly I, I don't think like, his boss hey. has ESP. I think his boss just knows it's been a half hour. I should probably check on Shinji. <laughs> I mean, that's probably also true. It, it is, yeah, it's been long enough that Shinji is probably going to try and get into some sort of trouble. Let's oh. just call him up and say, hey, hey, don't do yeah. that shit. I, I love the touch that uh, the the office lady has, like, opened up her iMac and is very carefully fixing each individual piece from the uh, fire extinguisher chemicals. Yeah, back when yeah. you could, like, open up and self-repair Max. Oh, yeah, I... I didn't register that, but yeah, that totally used to be a thing, didn't it? Yup. Um, so anyway, then anyway, our hipster boy goes to the cafe to work on his article. Um, where where Yui's aunt takes a liking to him immediately. Yeah, she's like immediately like Shin Shinji is way cuter than Ren. You should date him. Yep. And then uh, Kido Kidoka. They say it right this time? I don't yes, know. Yes, you did. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. He comes into the cafe, and Shinji just goes and, like, accosts him and, like, shoves him against a wall. And then and then Shinji gets money shoved at him. It's like, here, Shinji, just take that. I'm wondering if that money's going to come back up and he's actually going to use it for stuff. <laughs> Shinji does a good job of getting a lot of free stuff. I was definitely wondering, like... Should I just yell at people who annoy me more to give me money? Jeez. No, just yell at rich people. <laughs> Need to know more rich people. I, I feel like the like Kitaoka initially comes off pretty cool. Like I, I he initially seems pretty likable. 
in the next episode, he starts going off on this real, like, uh, I, like, Shinji, in the next episode, Shinji directly asks him, like, did, do you care about justice or society or anything? And he's like, no. Nah, man. <laughs> this shit pays well. And I'm the best, so I get paid a lot. He's like, I'm good at it. I don't care about that stuff. So at that point, I'm like, okay, maybe he sucks, actually. <laughs> he even refers to the entire thing as like, you know, it's the, the entire law system is just kind of like a big game. Right. It's just like, ugh, nah. I mean, I, I guess I'm actually, I, I kind of like that they depict him that way, because, like, someone with this sort of laid-back and compelling personality, like, or the fact that he has these skills means that he would be likable. Like, if they portrayed him like an absolute scumbag that was immediately hateable, like, that... I mean, maybe morally that would be satisfying, but it wouldn't be very real. Like, he has to be actually likable to be convincing as a guy who does this shitty stuff. Yeah. That's true. So when that happens, Shinji then calls the guys, and then Kidoka runs away, and those guys happen to make it there pretty much immediately. <laughs> Must have been close by. Yeah. And then... And then they beat him up, and then Shinji's like, "Hey, wait! No, I didn't want you to punch him. <laughs> like, I didn't. I didn't realize that calling this group of suited guys who were chasing after this dude to, would cause them to beat the crap out of him. No, stop it! I'm gonna jump in the way. Yeah, I definitely. I, I immediately was like, "Wow, this is some police brutality because they're bad about losing that case shit." But no, that that's not actually what's going on. Yeah. So then Shinji goes on to attempt to help him he gets beat up and then kidaoka either steals a car for the first time or steals a car again <laughs> uh, i feel like the fact that he straight steals the car and no one like does anything about it is definitely evidence in the their yakuza uh yeah. camp because <laughs> yeah. like what are the yakuza gonna do call the cops not if Fair. they can help it and then so then there's just like a car chase that happens yeah i have we ever seen a car chase in another Common Rider episode? No. I mean, and, like, I guess they're, the they're closest like ramming was that the cars into each other and everything too. Th there was that stuff with the bus in that one Amazon episode, but yeah, this is like way more intense than any like car chase sequence we've seen. Yeah, and and Kidoka is just like explaining himself, who he is, why his forty-five degree angle is his best angle. <laughs> He's like, no, no, they actually work for my client. With the one you got off? Well, why are they after you then? He's like, ah, I, I used up all their money. It's like a salad plan. <laughs> um, so then they end up on on foot, and Kidoka's like, ah, I will use the best plan. And then gets down and does like the, the begging for forgiveness thing. The, the genuflect thing. Yeah. So he does that for a little bit, but then Goro shows up and just kicks everybody's ass. Because um, that's his job. Uh, speaking of Yakuza, this guy has extremely Majima energy. He that's does. true. Um, kind of nuts. So then Kitoka leaves, then Shinji runs after him, but then mirror sounds happen. But <gasps> oh, it no. also shows Kitoka getting mirror sounds happening. And then they both go into the mirror world, where they somehow don't run into each other really so like shinji ends up going in there first he's fighting one of the monsters a second one shows up and then he takes the first one up to a rooftop and then kidoka comes in afterwards and take cares takes care of the other one and then shinji sees him from the roof so I, uh, I yeah also uh during this setup for this uh when the zebra is like following a guy that's gonna be its victim their reflection is like uh is is shattered into slats like you were seeing it through blinds. Yeah, it's like segmented all weird. Yeah. It's uh it's a neat effect. But yeah, it's a good effect. Also that is their special ability. I forget if we see it in this episode or next one, but Oh yeah, I because think... yeah, because um Kidoka tries to shoot it once and like he like goes boing like a slinky. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we saw splits it... apart into a bunch of different parts. We saw it right at the very beginning, and then a couple more times during these two episodes. It's like a slinky. And I mean, that makes sense, because, you know, if he's just shooting bullets, just get out of the way of the bullets by separating. So That's I true. had a question. I have an answer. Uh, uh, during the sequence of their fight in the Zebra Guys, 
there is a bookmate sign that is backwards. Uh, did they print a backwards sign, or did they just reverse the direction of the shot? Probably just reverse the direction of the shot. That would be easier. Yeah, I don't know would... if there's a way to... I don't know if there's a way to pick that out visually. It, well, I mean, what if you just, like, just... selected it in Photoshop and just flipped it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it... Well, it's, uh... With film, it's honestly... Because I'm pretty sure the show was shot on film. It's from 2003, so I don't think it would have been shot on digital. Mm, I don't like, know when that switch was made. Uh, I think most... I don't think shooting stuff is, on digital was super common for TV and, at this time. But, like, it's not it's not that hard to, like, left-right reverse, uh, like, when you develop a set of film. No, not particularly. That's I fair. mean, I guess it's even easier in digital, but... Just right-click it and say, you know, rotate. Nah, fucking Kugo's digital, apparently. Really? Oh, okay. According to this article. Um, I'm almost certain that not all of Kugo was digital, because there's right. definitely several scenes I re from the show where they had film grain. The dark ones, primarily, are the ones I remember. And it may have been a combination. Uh, it was around the time that the Panasonic DVC Pro HD camera came out. It could handle a high frame rate of 60 frames per second, so Kamen Rider jumped on it. It was used first on... This whole thing gets muddled, and Garrett actually asks me on track to come in and figure it out for them. So, as the research assistant, the first time an all-digital camera was used was on the Fi's film Paradise Lost, but the first series that moved in that direction was Hibiki, and in a very split fashion, the television and movie teams were actually using different equipment that year while everyone changed things around in the editing bay. So um, it's described as a transitional time in this article, which, by the way, is from Panasonic's own internal studies, which is why they mentioned brand names for their cameras and not anything that was used prior. So it's possible they were using it sooner, but it sounds like they got on board with Panasonic and have been exclusive since. However, by 2006, with the launch of Kamen Rider Kabuto, everything was moved to one production pipeline, and from that point onwards, any time they upgraded, it was all at once, all the same gear, and never again were they going to repeat the technical nightmare that was the back end on Hibiki. So that's the deal. Um, so now that we've learned all those cool things, that was the end of the episode where where Shinji's like oh, a fourth writer. Uh, we, we we first we have to talk about uh, Zolda hopping out of his thing. I I love how he loads cards into his uh, uh what do they call them? The their the little card uh, the the weapon. Oh, the, nope. There's there's a name for it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because Shinji's called? is called something. Well, then. his is called the drag visor. Oh, they're all called visors. Visor, visor. Yeah, his his visor is a is like a gun, and uh, like the front part where it looks like you would, it, it looks like it would be like a flashlight attachment or something on an actual handgun. It instead pops open and can you can load cards in there. Yeah, it's, right, it, it's the Magnum visor. It's M A G N U oh, visor. Magnum. It reminds me of a lot of a Warhammer 40k bolter. A little oh, bit. yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like a bolt pistol. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, just because like the the like the width of a card is about like what you'd expect like a bolt to be. Yeah. Yep. Side tangent: If anyone doesn't know, the bolter is a gun that shoots tiny little rockets at high velocity. <laughs> I like that the standard pistol in 40k is just a rocket launcher that's like okay so i'm gonna fucking take this on a tiny little tangent the weakest weapons in the warhammer 40k universe the las gun the things that are jokingly called flashlights by the imperial guard because of how basically useless they are <laughs> in compared to today's weapons a las gun would be able to melt through the side of a tank with ease like, you just turn it on, and it burns through. Well, everything in the 40k universe is extra, because that's, like, that's the premise of the setting. Extra. I really like the setting of 40k. 
It's great. It's a horrible, terrible place, and everyone sucks for the greater good. Um, no, what are you talking about? The, the Tau's great. I love my space communists. The Tau are probably being mind-controlled by the Ethereals. Yeah, I, I remember reading that like people didn't like the fact that there was one unamb- unambiguously good faction in the setting, so they like implied that they were probably mind-controlling everybody. Yeah, it's just the, the Ethereals show up and Tau society just so happens to all get along and go for the greater good. What's the greater good? Whatever the Ethereals say it is. No, it's it's because they had Tom Baker. Tom Baker was one of the voices for like one of the main com guys in 40k um, Fire Warrior, which was a Tau base game. Really? Yeah. Huh. yeah. Yeah, that was like, that's one of the old. That's like one of the first 40k games that came out. I think. Yeah. Because that's like one a the PS2 old game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Breaker has a like a speaking role in that. Uh, we should talk about Common Rider instead of 40k. <gasps> I want a 40k Common Rider now. I've been playing a lot of 40k Martyr God, though. I think I'm done with it now. Fuck! Would a 40k Common Rider be? An Inquisitor probably that found some sort of demonic artifact. Yeah, probably. I I guess there's no way they would be good. I think it would just be you would be an antihero. I mean, there there are a lot of references of uh, inquisitors and like rogue traders using chaos tinged artifacts, and at least for a while before becoming completely corrupted by them. I mean, the power the power of friendship and niceness would actually give you superpowers in the forty k universe. Like, <laughs> it that's, would. That's just you know. That's just true. You you could you could kill Slanesh if you were like a good enough guy. Mm. You're saying I have the power to kill this thing? Mm. I don't know. You have to be really nice. You yeah. It basically you would have to be the epitome of divinity and goodness. Yeah, like th- that's the like the thing in 40k is it's like literalizing the old idea of like uh like how catholics envision like how the catholic church envisioned the world of like if you were a saint you literally had all sorts of crazy ass superpowers oh i was gonna be i was gonna be like is it like ultima 4 (laughs) i mean kind like those are all referencing like kind of the same concept anyway common writer yeah, Common Rider. Next episode. I've been listening to Apocryphals, and in uh, Matthias and the City of the Maneaters, they're one of the apostles just 360 no scopes like four dudes at once by praying that the Holy Spirit will kill them. So wait, yeah. <laughs> back this up and explain that whole thing. So Apocryphals is a podcast Why do where they both read know what the this Bible because because it's I I have not started listening to it, but I am aware of it. It's a pretty good show. They ba- they base it's I think it's are they actual prof- college professors? Well, one of them is Chris Sims, who is uh, not an expert on mo- most things other than Batman, and presumably Sailor Moon at this point. But basically, they're reading the Bible and talking about it in an academic way. Yeah, the the other co-host is a guy named Benito, and he's like, <laughs> you just talked about three sixty no scoping, and you said in academical sense. <laughs> yeah i know you know okay. those don't like okay well okay one of one of the apostles like guys that knew jesus like were buds with him is this like hey jesus would you mind just uh striking these five cannibals dead real quick for me please and they just die they just immediately die and then he like gets granted stealth powers so he can infiltrate the city of cannibals and then later he makes a statue barf acid all over their city the Bible uh, is nuts. Well, this is the apocrypha. <laughs> this is not canonical to anyone, specifically that story. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't things equally weird in the canonical Bible, because there are. But, yeah. So this episode starts proper with Shinji showing off his article <laughs> that he wrote to everybody, and everybody's, like, not super impressed with it. Also, it, that it... him living there is making them cost more money. Yeah, it's written like a blog post rather than an actual article. It felt like a good BuzzFeed article. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those types of writing can have merit. 
it, it has its place. I'm not sure if Ore Journal would be this right part for it. I mean, even he does even say, or Shinji does even say, like, you know, sometimes something like this is good. And the editor is even like, yeah, kind of looking like, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah, it's it's like good, like, tabloid stuff. I mean, he's, it's he's it, trying it would be on the lifestyle. It would be on the lifestyle section of a newspaper. All right. Well, anyway, this gets interrupted by the s- same weird frog per- or weird crawfish guy because now he has a weird frog. He has frog mohawk. Uh, um, this frog has the haircut from Big Man Japan. Have you guys ever seen that movie? I have not, but I've seen the cover, so I know oh, what you're talking about. Okay. You should watch it. It's awesome. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. <laughs> I have it on DVD. Next time you come over to my place, we'll watch it. Uh, well, pencil me in for when the world's not on fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts, because at the very end, Ultraman just shows up and just kicks the shit out of the big character. <laughs> anyway, um... Chief and Ryoko, like, give each other a look when this email, where they seem to think, like, something else is going on. We kind of come back to that. I mean, yeah, because claiming that you found one weird animal, okay. Claiming that you found two in two days, it's just like, okay, buddy. You know, mutations and shit. Like, I, this, as soon as he called up the second one and showed the frog, I'm like, okay, so you got... I, I think he legit found the golden crawfish. Like, that one was legit. And then it's like, oh, hey, I got an interview. Oh, hey, they'll write an article about me. And even when he was talking, like, oh, you know, don't don't make too big a deal about it. Just, <laughs> just don't, I don't want my picture taken. But, you know, if you're going to take my picture, make sure you get my good side. Right. And then he just kind of kept going. Because I saw that frog. I'm like, that he glued that hair on the frog. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it's super obvious he glued the hair on the frog. <laughs> yep, so that happens. We get to then go to Kitaoka's office where Goro makes him breakfast. And he's like, hey, you have this call for a job. And he's like, haha, you know I'm not cheap, don't you? Scratch his chin. Yeah, it's it's very much showing like, oh, Kitaoka's kind of kind of scum. Like, he he's probably a fantastic lawyer, but... He's going for the people that can pay him the most, yeah. who are probably people that are legit. Which are generally the people that are guilty. Huh. Funny how that works. <laughs> people who commit crimes have more money? That doesn't seem right. Shocking. If you do good oh. in society, you're supposed to be rewarded for it. That's That's what I was told. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how the rules work. Man, that would be nice if that's how the world worked. I mean, that's what the rules say. I mean, it just it just seems like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You know? But you won't find anything in there that says a dog can't play. He's right. Ain't no rules that the dog can't play basketball. Shinji and Ryoko head over to the guy with the frog, and it's the same thing. And then Ryoko's just like, hey, what about that smokestack? And he's just like, eh, uh, some some companies there. And then that's, uh, that she scene. also notices several like I- I'm several actually not sure stones. if they're graves or just uh I'm not sure if they're graves or just like talismans that have uh, like incense placed next to them. I think it's graves because they they then like come back and explain like what the uptick in death were. Right. Yeah. It was just like a a flu outbreak in the area. <laughs> yeah, flu outbreak. Yeah. Wild, uh... huh? Um, and then a mirror monster kills someone, you know, as you do. Um, back at the cafe, Shinji's talking to the ant, and he's like, oh man, I gotta find a place to live. And Anthony's just like, oh, you can live here. And both Yue and Ren are both like, what? Oh yeah, no, he got this, got a room upstairs. Stay in. Yeah. And then Ren and Shinji, like, argue. Ren's like... Why are you trying to get close to you? Are you trying to get like some secret information or something? And Shinji's just like, I just need a place to stay, man. <gasps> I can. I, so I, I definitely... I, I'm definitely starting to get an, uh, the impression. Um, Shinji is like the weird. He, he's a himbo in the sense that he seems to just fall into good situations because he's hot. I I 
I don't appreciate you taking Godai's name in vain here. <laughs> I mean, Godai actually had like he was extremely competent and skilled though. That was like his yeah, thing. like <laughs> like Shinji, Shinji. Like people are just nice to Shinji because he's hot. Shinji Shinji is an attractive young man who's a general who who is earnest and is a good boy, and people just seem to kind of like that or hate it, <laughs> and, and it, the people that like it want to give him stuff right and it's kind of weird because like i mean normally people are t like everyone on tv is tv hot you know but this used to actually be part of the text of the show that people think he's cute so they're nicer to him yeah you're not wrong he just gives off good vibes which uh honestly say like i agree like he is cute like i would be nice to him if i met him in real life because he seems sweet and innocent that's fair. Though by the time you see him in Geo, he's gone through some shit. Oh, is he? Is yeah. the? Is it the same actor? Or uh, I think so. Yes. Wow! Ooh. Wow! Wild. All right. Don't quote me on that, but I'm like I'm like eighty percent sure. I am I am around a B to B plus rating of sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, he hasn't. Uh... I mean, they definitely had the, haven't had the actor do vocal work for a lot of the anniversary stuff we've seen lately, so, you know, I guess he's busy now, wherever, whatever he's, he's going on for him. True. So yeah, and then Ren gives him, she's like, oh, I, I'm here to win and, like, defeat everybody and stuff. And she's just like, well, you're selfish. I'm here to help people. Which, yeah, kind of. It's like, Ren's reactions towards Shinji is he he's has this idea in his head that everything well at least it does for him but everything that you do has to be tied to this common writer thing and wanting to be the best and strongest and shinji's just like no nah, i'm just this is this this is my side gig that <laughs> yeah. i do to help people yeah, shinji's like I, I got other stuff going on i have like a job and stuff like, i got a life to live <laughs> like ren what do you what ren what what do you do for a job Okay. Do you have a job? Do you do you to take your take your Batman stick over there? So so this actor he did reprise his role in Generations Forever as a voiceover, and he did reprise his role in uh, Geo and the Writer Time Kamen Rider Yuki. Oh, cool! That's cool. The more you know, that happens. Um, Reiko thinks. The building is causing animals and dead people. Um, so she set up a meeting with that company to talk to them, and Shinji gets to go with. This is after hey. Shinji's like, I'm moving out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he, he's wrapping up his sleeping bag under the table he sleeps under. And then... Everyone's like, you found a place? You found someone willing to rent a room to you? What the fuck? I mean, mood. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then they go to this hotel, and surprise, they sent Kidoka there. And Ryoko's like, "God damn it!" This is like saying that they're guilty because Kidoka has like the precedence of like of being able to get anybody off the hook, and it's generally bad people and stuff. Like that's his reputation. Yeah, reputation. Thanks. That's the word I was looking for. And then he's immediately sexist to her. So like. Yeah, he's like, hey, we don't need to worry about this serious stuff. Why don't I uh, hang out with you tonight? Yeah. And then she, like, calls him, like, a two... She calls... No, he calls her, like, a two-bit reporter, and she gets angry, and she's like, I'm gonna go file a complaint. Yeah, well, she says that's sexual harassment. He says it's only sexual harassment if you refusing would create an adverse work environment. And I'm like, well, that's a horrible rule. I hope that's not how sexual harassment actually works. That's yeah, he, up. he's one of those nice guys that happens to know the exact ruling for it. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. I'm actually I, in trouble. You can't get mad. I didn't actually break the law. That hadn't can't occurred to mad. me. But yeah, anyone who actually knows that law is probably not a great guy. <laughs> I'm nodding. You can't see it, but I'm nodding. Right. Um. So then she goes to run off and do that reporting thing. Shinji tries to leave, and Kidoka's like, whoa, 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 hang on. You actually, you stay. And then he gets a free massage. And some lunch. Yeah. 
and he's and then Kiroka's just like, hey, could you maybe not have your newspaper do that? And Shinji's yeah, just like, no. It's, it was very interesting that he was trying to do the, I'm not bribing you, but I'm going to take you nice places and feed you nice food. And then, hey, maybe you can do some, may, you know, I'm not saying you do some nice things for me, but, you know, maybe just keep me in mind. He, he, he's lobbying him. Yeah, he he is lobbying Shinji. But it's like, nuts. but like, it starts with Shinji just being like, "No, it's not going to work." <laughs> but he continues doing it anyway. And then Shinji's like, "You know, you'd be a good interview potential. It really helped me with my reporting." So then there's like a a following lawyer around montage. Uh, but before that, there is the part where Shinji moves into the cafe. Um, and he's like, hey, go to work. Ren's there. Um, Ren is giving Shinji a hard time. Shinji drops some plates. Ren then shows Shinji how he's better at everything. And then Auntie's <laughs> like, you can just move in together. He's better at doing the dishes. Yeah. He, like, dresses up as a butler to, like, take orders better and stuff, you know, because Ren. Oh, yeah, he's... he made fun of Shinji's shoes earlier. So, there's that. Um... During the scene where Shinji's getting lobbied is the bit we were talking, uh, I-, I mentioned earlier, where the guy, where Shinji asked him, like, don't you care about society and justice? And the guy, he- he's going to take a sip out of a wine glass, so he just, and, like, takes it away from his face, like, kind of surprised, like, not at all. Why would I? Yeah. Caring about that. people? That's stupid. Kiryoka it- is It's like... a really great reaction. I-, I love the way the actor plays his character. He's like, people? That's, what? caring like it was cool and it pays a lot let me tell you about greed son like he's a bad guy but i really like the way the actor plays him yeah he's he's all about like greed and stuff and gives like a bit of a lecture on greed and during this um like uh ryoko gets like the test back from testing the water and it like cuts away before we get to hear the answer and then it like it shows her confronting the old guy who is making a third mysterious animal. He so is we find gluing out... a set of plastic wings onto a newt. Yeah, she just comes up and is like, "Oh, wing newt this time, huh?" Uh, uh. He seems like he feels okay. really bad about it too. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if that level of self-incrimination is really necessary. Yeah. So then, that whole thing gets resolved, and. Ryoka explains, like, oh yeah, the upticks in death were just the flu. I guess I kind of blew this out of proportion, etc. See, I, I wonder if they... I, I don't know if this uh, storyline's gonna continue into the next episode, but I wonder if the test got corrupted or something? I don't know, it just... it I don't know, it just seemed like an interesting story direction. I mean, I guess it would be kind of interesting if they were just like, nah, not what's going on. I wonder if she did, like, something before where, like, she used to work for, like, a bigger journal... And then made, like, a mistake like that, and it, they kind of had to push her out afterwards, and that's why she works at Ore Journal now. Ooh, that would be a cool backstory. Yeah, she just went too hard on something. She does have a more professional attitude than the rest of Ore Journal, so that would actually make sense. Uh, th- that is that is my idea that I like. Yeah, good suggestion. So there's that. Um, Shinji is still hanging out with Kidoka, who he gets permission from his boss, at least, kind of. Um, so then he goes over the whole, like, greed thing, and then they're at, like, a pool where Kidoka's like, ah, I just want to, like, live like this forever. They have, like, a montage sequence a little bit on there at lunch. Yeah. He's like, ah, I found this way I could become immortal. And Shinji's like, what's that? And he's like, ah, ah, not gonna tell. It's the wish. It's the wish for being the only writer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, I didn't get that. And oh, then, yeah, I, I assume that that's what he's talking about. And then Shinji's like, you know, uh, being greedy for, you know, for literally forever seems kind of boring. <gasps> I, I do think it's really funny that Shinji's like, well, I've hung out with you for a day and let you pay for a lot of stuff. You know, I think you might suck, actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, now, now that I've gotten gotten some more detail here, I think you're awful. <laughs> According to bit. my research... You're shit. <laughs> uh. So then Kidaoka like yells at him and tells him to leave, and Shinji goes to walk away, and he's like, "You know, 
I don't hate you, though. Shinji doesn't seem like he hates most people. So. That's true. So we're at four minutes left until the end of the episode. I'm like, I, I guess there's no Kamen Rider stuff this time. Nope. That, that, now there's Kamen Rider <laughs> stuff. Because yeah. if Shinji leaves, there's mirror sounds. And the dude who is making animals gets murdered. Yeah, oh, I was no. like, I, I don't know if this guy deserved to die. <laughs> oh, he definitely did not. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe get tried for, maybe get called out for his shit maybe tried for fraud he seemed like a bored saddled man i mean i don't know shinji's like not super good at saving people he's actually yeah he's really bad at saving people Uh, his his ability to sense when the monsters are attacking people is not really that helpful it doesn't tell him what's going on until they're already into the murdering part yeah it's like by the time he senses they're in the process of being killed um, but anyway, we had to have a fight this time, so Shinji goes in the mirror world to fight, he does his punch thing, and he's like, oh, my punch thing wasn't strong enough, that sucks. So then so then he final vents the guy, and then he wins. But oh ho ho, Kidooko is watching from behind, and then shot him with a missile launcher after he killed the monster. Oh no. I don't think we've described, like, uh, his bigger gun. It's like a... It's got, like, a big piston in it, like the Big O's arms, where it, it, it's like a giant bazooka that fires a, a huge shell with a piston. It's, it, it, it's something taking, like, straight out of EDF. It, actually, it reminds me of the heavy bow gun from Monster Hunter. Or that. Oh, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Either that or a gun lance. I just thought of Big O, but I love the Big O, so. Yeah. Big O. It goes good. Uh, it is. So is so is Common Rider Ryuki. Common Rider Ryuki, like every two sets of episodes, it there is competent stuff going on, and it's just like, oh yeah, no, I I get where this is going and what the actual overall arc is and how to do it. Yeah, like I feel like they've like they've hinted at enough of like the macro stuff, and like they're slowly feeding us like new writers and stuff, so like we're we're kind of just like continuing along like this path of progression in the show that I'm really enjoying so far. Yeah, it's it's been pretty cool. Uh it's definitely making me wonder like so did doing a show every year for 9 years just really wear them out? Probably. Maybe. If they had the same people doing stuff on it. Yeah. I mean, I can see it wearing them out. It's plausible. I don't know if that's like an a, a reasonable excuse for for what happened in Kiva, but I don't know. Maybe. There's no excuse. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, just because it's not the worst, you know, that isn't that isn't an award, Chris. I, I just don't want to be mean. I mean, look, there, there was parts of Kiva that I enjoyed. Like the design work, which is great. Yeah. Uh, this common rider looks like a. He looks like a the Power Rangers Turbo. By the way, he looks car themed to me. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just like his his shoulders look like uh, headlights. I can see that. I don't know. He he's got a cool design. Uh, I like yeah, liked probably uh, my favorite one so far. It's kind of weird. I feel like Ryuki is, like, still kind of the plainest one. It's just not as exciting as the it other is. ones have been. I think it's because, like, his, like, his underspandex is just, like, black. No, I meant Ryuki. Did you mean Knight? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah, his is red. My bad. Okay. <laughs> I was confused. I got I got confused. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, I thought Ry- um, Ryuki's was really cool that one time he showed up with the uh, the shields and the sword. Like, that was pretty awesome. But yeah. he doesn't really show up with his gear that often. Yeah. That's true. I'm interested to see how, like, what we're going to get for transformations later in the series. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, Up, like, what sort of... forms in, in my common Rider? No way! <laughs> yeah, I mean, Knight and, and Ryuki are definitely going to have some upgrades, right? Like, I assume they will. What? This is, this is like, the beginning of Heisei, Chris. We didn't have, like, 50 forms. <laughs> even, uh, even Kuga had, like, 
five. Well, actually, no, wait. He had the four forms, then the yeah, it's four like technically like forms. nine. Yeah, four forms, four upgrade forms, and then the ultimate form, and then the super ultimate form. So I guess like ten. Well, I think the super ultimate form is like decade only, so that doesn't technically count. Yeah, fair enough. But nine nine point five. Yeah, there are thirteen writers, so. Yeah. They probably won't have that much for everybody, but at least Ryuki and Knight are going to get a few. We'll we'll see. It yeah, should be good. I uh, yeah, I had a I had a good time with these episodes. I too had a good time with these episodes. It's just fun, common writer to watch. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Uh, yes. I I could talk more about video games I've been playing, like I trying to steer the conversation on too unintentionally but uh yeah we could probably close it out for there this week yep this is uh, a podcast on the internet at journeythroughdeckacast.com where there are links to twitters and emails and podcatcher feeds all of the stuff um yeah and we'll be back next time with something common writer related yep yeah uh, not caring about society and justice doesn't make you cool. Good night, everybody. No matter, no matter how much you think it might. And we've just Bye. been a, we've just been a fasting through a podcast. Remember that. <laughs>